This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, it's Steph. I cannot believe I even got an episode out of this conversation. What started off as an interview for Connor, who is Whitetail Drifter on Instagram, a really good friend of mine, huge public land advocate, video creator, turns into Connor and I interviewing his really good friend, Tim, and turns into a complete BS session about public land versus private land, 120 class deer versus 200 class deer, what Iowa hunters are actually like, what it takes to be a good bow hunter, and their goals for 2020. You're listening to Woods and Waters Project, episode number such a long time coming I thought I'd have everything ready in my head but I don't that's just real though <laughs> someone brought this scrub yeah <laughs> what do you what do you talk what do you want to say so like, I want to your... tell <clears throat> the world about Connor Wakefield and never met him just like I don't know how he hasn't been hunting that long but he could like run circles around people who have been doing this their whole life just got I just want to talk about like how he got into it you do or you want him to I want to I want to ask him I want to hear oh, from yeah. him well how just act like you, you don't know him you gotta get a this is how it started last time. We kind of just open booked it. And it was going really good. We just didn't conclude it. Oh, no? 
Then why? What happened? We were out of Goose Lake. Yeah. Yeah. And oh yeah, that was the there night was going to we be stay up and watch. the Northern Lights were going to be out. Yeah. And we <laughs> like scouted the area for a little bit, and he did a video for me for my podcast, and then I was or yeah, a video for me to showcase my podcast. And I started interviewing him. Yeah, I. I felt I I know what you mean. I fell asleep on the phone the other day with somebody, middle of the day. <laughs> Ooh, that used to be me all the time. He's like, you're not cranked up. I was like, nah, man, actually, I gotta go. <laughs> and then, like, 20 minutes later, I was like, just... That's me every time we talk. Yeah. How many podcasts have you been on? Oh. <clears throat> I don't know. Is it, like, a dozen? Feels like quite a few. It's near 10. I think it's less than, though. It's up there. Too many. We've only been hunting since 2016. Right. Yeah, I mean, 2015, I did like go ha- go hang go hang a stand on private land or public land, but I never like hunted out of it. And I, I don't I didn't even have a license that year either, so that that, that was probably illegal. Like, now that I mention it, but um, so come 2016, I I didn't even start hunting at like the beginning of the season either. I like. Waited till. Why don't you talk about this on the podcast? I mean, I'm recording him right now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> when do we start? This is Tim Cool, I, everybody. He's uh, never been on a podcast. It's been recording the whole it's time. It's been recording the whole time. This thing Even reads. the questionnaire thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you out. Yo, okay. haven't you been like filming for a long time? You see this red record button over yeah, here? Red it's dot, it's bro. red. <laughs> When did we start? It's though? on. This might be it's like seven minutes ago. Oh mm-hmm. my god! All right. So, it's been recording a while. I thought we were getting a game plan. I thought I was getting game wow. plan mode still. Like we're like helping. We kind of are, but I'm out here. You're out. How are you getting oh, home, oh, Cap? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, do you want to ask him questions with me? Sure. Yeah. Do you want to be my co-host? It's like yeah, a two yeah, for yeah, one yeah, episode yeah. tonight, yeah. folks. Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. What's your first question? <clears throat> I'm going to lose my voice. But... You are? We just started. I know. Um, full disclosure, we are at an archery range right now, and there's probably other people that will walk in at points, so just bear with us. <laughs> they are not. They are. <laughs> but, um... Tim's first. Unfortunately. First what? Yeah. First podcast? No, you've done one? Oh, a bunch, yeah. No, you haven't. Yes, oh. I have. Have you? Yeah. What ones have you been on? Why didn't you tell me? You never asked. What was that? <clears throat> How many podcasts have you been on? Sure. I don't, I was trying to find Probably five or six, and I had my own mind through Anchor, mm-hmm. which could be another idea for you to use your phone while you're doing this just to get another platform going. Um... But mostly uh, Whitetail Rendezvous and what was the other ones? Um, it's been three years. Like, I've, I've been out of the game a little bit, like, yeah. doing other things, so. <laughs> All hunting related, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so. 
That's live on the gram right there. On what? On the gram. Yeah, but what's your page? On my page. So you're a pretty big deal. <laughs> Used to. Maybe. Still am. I'm, I'm low-key now. We'll do the live, dude. How can people find Tim Cool? Prodigy Outdoors CBD. Prodigy Outdoors is the more video type of channel. And then my personal is Tim Cool in the house, which is a long story, but there's... Uh, there's a reason why it's a good or bad story it's a good story when I was like 21 years old um, my my one of my good friends dad used to always be in the bar he's kind of like I guess a town drunk and whenever I walked in he would just scream Tim cool in the house like just top of his lungs like I was like a celebrity or something like that and so everyone just started calling me that that was almost 10 years ago yeah have you been hunting your whole life? I've been hunting, yeah, since I was 12. So so I've been bow hunting for 15 years. And like Connor's kind of condensed his learning into um, three years, probably five, five to seven years worth of experience, I would guess, if I could estimate with my imaginary algorithm. <laughs> He's probably got like five to seven years of experience. Condensed. You could sell that algorithm, probably. For sure, dude. <laughs> Algorithms <laughs> run the world now, so yeah. we need to patent that right now. Yeah. Okay, so we haven't known each other very long. No. So to get you up to speed. Yeah, you guys met the other night at mm-hmm. the pint night for pint BHA. Night, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, and I follow him on Instagram and listen to him rant about like 120 class deer. Yeah. yeah. Team 120. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I just—I really just got to know you. Yeah, and Connor's like really about me starting it as a page, Yo, which, which I think would become serious. a community type team, of thing. Team One Twenty serious—it's a movement. It is like it used to be a joke between my friends and I, like, oh, he's One Twenty, but it's like most Americans, most American, most people like if they see one or shot one, like that would be like. Yo, there's a lot of people that like lose their mind over yeah. shooting One Twenties yeah. that just like people don't respect for like no reason. Like, and if I didn't live in Iowa, I'd probably still burn them. But I still just, I just think like. I can't wait to go east and shoot 120s. Like, yeah. Is, is that bad to say? No. But I just think like with, with, the, uh, with the advent of the modern hunting, hunting industry, like there's such a misconception on like what's actually um, something that is obtainable annually. Because it's all about like shooting one every year, right? Or trying to. And with the hunting industry, and with a lot of things going on in the background, like people kind of feel like they're not able to achieve the success that others have achieved. But there's a lot of things that go on in the background in the hunting industry that, that a lot of people don't know. So Yeah. And <clears throat> this podcast is about like everything outdoors. Yeah. It's not hunting specific. We can, yeah. But I know there's quite a few people that listen that are just getting into hunting for the yeah. first time. So why should any of them like care about the 120 class versus anything else like they might not even understand what we're talking about so the, so so if for those that don't know like 120 inch deer you the you you measure the rack and then add all the inches that the rack has and that adds up to a certain number depending on how big the rack is and the mass and different things and why it's important is because for me like that was like my glory days of hunting like that was like where i cut my teeth that was like you know um it it was 
it was like a staple, you know, and, and then I moved out here and as humans, we always want more and more. So it's like, uh, you know, 120 inch deer is, is also like the average size deer that a whitetail buck can even grow to. So a lot of people think like if they pass a lot of deer and different things like that, that they can actually get into, you know, a, a giant rack in every situation they can't, not necessarily like, um, it's just like people like I could lift weights every day for 20 years I still will never be a, the size of Mr. Olympia even if I did take steroids so I think like a lot of people don't don't understand that um, you know and it's just I, I, it's based off another thing that was uh, there's a thing called I'm just gonna say it, team 200 and it's like okay like who's even hunting 200 inch deer like and then who, who can relate to that somebody can relate to a nice eight-pointer so it's funny too like how many deer like last year when i shot that deer on illinois public and then taped him and found out you know that he wasn't even 120 yeah, i was dude. like yo like for real like that's yeah. how much more it takes to like so i think it's crazy because that deer like made me feel like i was on top of the world mm -hmm. and then people just jump this class and it's like yeah just start chasing inches and it's like nah like i want to bottle that feeling yeah. of like how fun it was to shoot like it yeah. was it was 113 it was what it taped yeah roughly and it wasn't dry then but none of that even freaking matters it no. doesn't matter i don't know it was so fun that like now it's like now that i i've killed deer in the pope and young class i don't even care to measure them no yeah you're, you're better off not knowing yeah like because that yeah. it's kind of, it's weird so like team 120 it's just super cool and like i think it people want to feel like they're they involved in something involved, yeah. yeah and the, like team 120 would give a lot of people that platform and that's why like that's why like if you see i sh like i i post a lot of deer on my prodigy page like the other people shoot first of all like i just think i don't know like it it just makes them feel like important and i think that that's important for for uh just for people's well-being in general it make you know makes them feel good and to me it's not a big deal like it's like hey i shot this deer they send me a message and i'm like hey can i post it and they're like yeah and you know you don't know what kind of effect that could have on somebody so it's it's worth taking the time to do it someone asked is that a zoom yeah zoom h4 yeah yeah, yeah. it's the publicly challenged guy it sure is it's another podcast yeah that's it's act that's an hilarious name dude interesting yeah yeah because he i don't know he kind of admits that he's not that great of a public land hunter so clearly i'm not you're not cap what's been going on with your season i put all my eggs in one basket <laughs> did humpty dumpty fall off the wall yeah i'm pretty sure did he yeah just chasing one deer one deer i got a picture of in september and like have yet to get another picture so like either he moved off which i think is totally possible considering how much pressure is there or he could have gotten EHD which people are throwing that around a lot so it's like but I still like wanted to shoot that deer and then like kind of hunted like really delicately around this piece of public thinking that nobody else was able to get back in where I was going because I was coming in off private and uh, it, was, it was about eight tenths of a mile to nine tenths of a mile just to get to the private through or just to get to the public through the private down a waterway <clears throat> and um, just was sat there all season pretty much didn't really see much deer and then I pulled a couple cameras and found out that there was a lot of human activity in there 
and that it didn't really matter how far back I was. So, um, hindsight 2020, I think I would have pulled out sooner, um, but it was about 180 inch deer, so I was kind of hooked on him. But, <laughs> but, so you don't know where he went? I still don't have any pictures of him. Yo, do you feel like now that was just his uh, his rut range and he was just breaking off to expand? Summer range. And check out, that's, it so you. It was early September, my last picture, hard horned. So he could have moved Oh, off. you had him hard horned? You yeah. think he got beat up and pushed out? No. I just think with the small game hunters that come in from out of state, the coyote, the coyote and, and the other small game hunters, the coyote, the coon hunters, the bow hunters that are walking in there sloppy. Yo, but that's that funny. Sh share your coon story. Yeah, so <clears throat> actually, and like the whole. Like, she probably was one of the guys up. One she probably was. I, I bet. shot my first coon. It was so much exactly. fun. Exactly. See, it was no. probably all. <clears throat> it was probably so all this is like, too. Yeah. Th this is supposed to be like if anyone's got uh, I don't know like a hard conversation or has a strong standpoint on one thing over the other. Yeah. It's okay to have like a different opinion, but this is what I learned about coon hunting. Is when you're out there like at night, those deer don't give a shit that you're there. Seriously? They don't care. They'll just stay right don't there. Tell me that. They don't care. Cuz they know that they're safe at night with people. Really? Yes. I'm telling you. You got to listen to my podcast now. Episode number 6. So you're just telling me I fell off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like, these these <clears throat> dogs are, like, barking up these trees nonstop. And, and there's a buck right, standing right a, there. Right there. They 120? do not care. 120? <laughs> All, day. All, All day. All day. Yeah, they or do bigger. not give a shit. Bigger. You saw them? I didn't see them. Oh, here we but go. But they got, yeah. But well, somebody told me that they saw one. Yeah, these guys are, like, yeah. legends in the coon I'm hunting just joking. world. And they I have believe some pretty it. big right. deer. I'll find the pictures. Yeah. I'll prove it to you. <clears throat> what about you, though? What about me? Yeah, what? did you go gun Yeah, hunting? talk about your bow season. No, bow I, season, yeah, we're bow hunters, right? We saw the guys in the van. Well, I guess... I guess talk about my bow season? I guess you can talk about your season. Sorry, I didn't mean to discriminate. Oh, no. I've just I've just been bow hunting this year so far. And it's been it's been pretty great, but no deer to uh, show for it. So, what do you want to know? You've passed deer, too, though. This year? Yeah. I missed the biggest buck I ever had a shot at. You did? I did. What do you think was the culprit? What do I think was the culprit? Well, like, let's, let's go there. Okay. Because, like, I've been so there. So I took my rangefinder. hundred times. And I marked a bunch of trees. Yep. I, <laughs> I have my pins on my bow set at stupid ranges. Like 17 yards. No, 25, 40, and 50. Okay. <clears throat> and I marked this. I... This small buck came in and was just hanging out by my stand and just watching him, whatever. So you passed deer? Well, yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have shot him personally. He wasn't team 120. He wasn't even, no, he wasn't even 20. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So, okay. So let's get to the shot. Okay. So a doe comes into the opening and then as soon as she, like, comes through, you can hear just barreling through the woods, right? Yeah. So this buck comes out. Goes a chaser, goes right into the spot that I met. I felt pretty calm, but in in my head, he was 25 but yards away. But you were honed in, though. I was honing on the spot that he actually wasn't yeah. at. 
right? So he was at least 10 yards further than where I put my pin. Okay. So, um, so I went right under his belly. Okay, yeah. Nothing you can do there. I don't know if you just, like, disintegrated, you know, because that's... No, actually, I felt really calm. Like, I, I held my shot for a really long time. He was moving a lot, but I just, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. paying attention. That's it. That's all yeah, it was. Cause that's, yeah, I've had laps of, con- laps of, like, concentration, like, not misjudging, just, like, just purely, like, the spitting wheel on yeah. an apple. Yeah. It's like, how did you miss it? Like, how, like, think about it. Like, how do you literally physically miss a deer at 20 yards? Yeah. First, you wouldn't, you wouldn't first, think it, you wouldn't think it was even physically that. possible because, right. like, you can shoot all year and hit this big at 20 yards. If yep. you shot 24 hours straight and somehow a deer comes by and it's like, you know, shit. Yeah. I was pretty bent out of shape about it. And actually, like, this is kind of a new world for me. Like, even though we're all pretty close in age, I think. Yeah. I, it's kind of weird to me that, that like, hunting is so We're at Finn and Feather. Adam, just come down. Like, it's, it's pretty, like, hyped up. Maybe it's just the world that I'm in and I follow What's people hyped like up? that. You're not supposed to hear. You're supposed uh, to listen when it comes out. Like, it, I don't know. Like, there's so many, like, when you're talking about, like, 200, like, 200 class versus 120 and, like, the seg- these segmented groups, like, the way I grew up, like, it was kind of, I don't know, small town Iowa. Everyone was just happy for you if you got a deer. It did that's not, it did not matter at all, like, that's, what it looked that, like. We, we, yeah, and we can talk about that for a two hours about like my my perception on moving to Iowa versus the reality is yeah. so different like yeah. I thought it was like everybody's like a trophy hunter mm-hmm. like everybody's like big bucks and everything I like don't that. know that many but, trophy hunters but like honestly. it's honestly like it's nationwide like mm-hmm. people love shooting deer with a gun and most like a nice buck with a bow like gun season's like anywhere in the country like it's basically like a free-for-all like mm-hmm. there's people like really that just meat hunt like i don't even know what they were shooting at last weekend but they were shooting up a storm like you can't tell me like all those shots were like good clean shots and nice adult animals like there's no way there was yeah. way too many shots yeah and so and that's yeah, interesting it's brown because, it's down that's which is all right thing. i guess yeah. um. <clears throat> it's like needed too though in a way yeah it sucks, like, deer do end up wounded probably more often from it. But, like, if people didn't go out and shotgun hunt and, like, contribute to controlling the population, like, we might be in a very bad spot. Yeah, humans have a terrible mindset when it comes to that because, like, I mean, we think that we can actually play the role of, of the top predator. Yeah. Like, we're, like, if you think about I think I was talking to you about this the other day it was, um, with Rachel, I believe. Is, yeah. is that, like, if we didn't have, like, weapons, we would not, we would be terrible. We are terrible, but we're very inefficient yeah. predators. Like, we yeah. burn a lot sure. of calories yeah. and things like that, and, and um, our success rates aren't very high. And, uh, but, like, especially down in the south, like, they'll kill every snake, every bobcat, every skunk, every possum, every raccoon, you know, and expect that they're going to, they want to manage the deer and all the animals, like, as they're the top predator like I don't I've always felt like I kind of respect like different different predators and things like that like I don't necessarily think I should go out and shoot everything I everything that can eat something else yeah I agree the the mobile hunting thing's crazy we talked about it for a while and he kind of touched on it but how we like we think we need to move so much mm-hmm. to be on like fresh and hot sun and that's like probably the biggest thing I learned this year is like 
Like mobile hunting's great, but like I've I know for a fact. I guess it can't be factual, but I know I've moved through areas like too fast and probably yeah. like I, I I'm still super guilty at leaving deer to go find more deer. Like, and I, I don't know, but I don't think that hurts me. I think it on like when I sit here and analyze it, I'm like, oh, I probably didn't need to do that. But I think with public land, like just staying ahead is like kind of the key. It's like you have to be like shifty and ready for that next change. So. Is that why you like it? Is that why, like, because there's, there's a lot of people that are really strictly public land, too. Which I think is a beautiful thing. I just kind of want to understand it. Like, if you had, if you had access to private land, would you even take anybody up on that? No. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> don't get, don't even go there then. I try. Because, like, because, like, I'm, like, an opportunistic person. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll hunt literally wherever, like. People are like, oh, you should come hunt my place. Yo, I want to stop everyone because, like, I have a completely different life than a lot of people. So, like, my my no comes from because I have a lot of time. Like, I don't have a kid. I don't have a wife. So, I don't have anyone telling me I need to be here when I need to be here. Like, I don't even follow, like, my own time schedules that well. So, we we all know I'm late about seven minutes per. Yeah, at least two minutes late every time. Two minutes, yeah. Um, So, yeah, like, my no comes from I have the time and the ability to stay on deer and stay with the pressure of deer. But it's interesting. Like, I I think this is interesting, too, because, and I didn't say anything about the mobile hunting thing, but, yeah, um, we can go back to that maybe. But but it's interesting because, like, I look at it hunting public land, too, on a financial standpoint. Like, as someone that Mm -hmm. was not very good with their finances – until two years ago so i'm 30 years old so 28 years old i'm finally hmm, i should start saving money not go hunting every single state that i can afford to and so like now it's like it's cheaper to hunt public land like i'm paying for gas and things like that but i'm not um you know i don't have a lease i don't have equipment costs and food plots and things like that you know but you are at the mercy of other people Pretty much, that's really your biggest competitor. See, but still, that's kind of, like, why I don't agree with any of it. And, like, I could completely... Agree with public, private land Private hunting. land hunting. Because you listen to these guys go out that don't have family farms and stuff like that or just trying to find a permission piece. And you think about the hours they spent online yeah. on Onyx or something just looking for these parcels, look, look finding the an area. And then he's writing down everyone's name and address, like, up to 50. And when you go out... And to like knock on those doors, you're probably coming home with just one, like hopefully. I have, and then you still have to get in there, scout, and find deer. Where it's like that dude just spent all that time, and I've been on public land and covered thousands of acres and found ten deer that I want to kill, and I'm still going looking for more. Like, so I think like people could do themselves a service by like investing in public land. I think it hurts people when they tiptoe back and forth. Like, I just do. Here's the thing, though, when you're talking about, like, private land, like, it almost sounds like you're assuming that there's a whole bunch of other, like, there's there's food plots that it's, like, well, okay, so like, like, the private land that I have access to is my so family's talking only about, one. So we're talking about permission, hunting, access, right? no right. management. Right, no management. Okay, yeah. I think it's good to build relationships in the community. I think, like, I may have something that I can provide for them in exchange to hunt. That's how I work. Like, I'm, I've worked on the farms and things like that. I do think it exists. I do think that, Obviously, that I get like, lesser spots because I'm not willing to spend money, though. 
Sure. You've seen what I'm sure. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I call them like scrub spots. They're sure. like, oh yeah, you can go out back, and it's like, but you can't hunt here, but you can hunt here, but you can't hunt here, and it's like, that's happened multiple times since I've been in Iowa, where I get permission to hunt somewhere, but then they say I can't hunt here, here, and here, which basically limits me to like this little corner piece where this, this, and this all have to align for me to even see deer, like the kitten farm. I have a spot that I haven't hunted this year because of that. Like, I don't even have deer on camera because they're not going through that piece. There's a fence there, and they're, they're, just, the terrain doesn't allow for them to necessarily want to move through there. So, I don't know. I think it's just as hard, or not just as hard, because, but if you're talking like you're, you're trying to shoot a, a big deer, I'm a, a big buck, like, it's still difficult to accomplish whether you're on public or private. But I think people totally get lost in the dark about when they see somebody shooting a big buck whether it's public or private or they're listening to something like this like a podcast and they're getting information from somebody who is accomplished and very successful they don't take into account their resources Mm -hmm. like a lot of the celebrity hunters a lot of the well-known hunters they're very successful people will listen to literally everything they say and think that it's a recipe but as i've said before there's a lot of things that go on in the background that we that don't apply to us like for me I've talked about it before like um you know hunting weather fronts and hunting the moon and things like that That, what how does that apply to public land when you know I work Monday through Friday and it's Saturday and Sunday I'm gonna hunt I don't care if it's 75 degrees in the middle of November and a full moon that's when I can hunt I'm going to use my knowledge and resources to the best of my ability that's kind of what so like that's so real because like the guy that does live a life like that <laughs> he cannot uh, you can't i don't know you can pre-hang sets yeah but then, then you're sitting there waiting for the forecast to come out exactly how you want it and that that just doesn't make sense when you're only a weekend warrior so yeah. <clears throat> um i don't know would you what's going agree? on boss hey you have a knife or scissors Mm. No, I'm a terrible woodsman. <laughs> Come on, this if is I, that, feather. If I so do, honest. it's probably dull. We don't even work here. I yeah. just need to slip this a little more. Yeah. You should have brought your finger tile. Just should. the longbow. That's at the house. I don't know, what are you trying to... I just got a slip. Well, actually, let me... You know, I've got a slip. Dude, hmm. we were just talking about trophies. This is a road. Roadkill buck in Iowa. Mm. No way. Bro, it's like 206. Oh my god. 206 mainframe 8. You know, are people saying stuff on there? Somebody said put a hat on. Like, my head's probably blinding people. That's crazy. Are we getting back in action or what? We've been in action, son. Yeah. Woods and we'll Waters just had, to, just had to help out there. Yeah, I don't have a knife though. Community so service. That was not very helpful. No, I'm just curious, like, it's bizarre to me that people care. Like, here's just what I think. I grew up with permission on private land that just my dad and myself and my brother had permission to hunt. It's not managed. It's when we were free, you know, to to hunt it. And, like, I hunt public land now because I I can't just go back home all the time. And I, like you said, I only have limited time, and I'm going to use what I got. So I, I, I do that for that reason. But, like, it feels like there's, like, two sides and people get very passionate about one yeah. or the other. Mostly just Connor. I don't think so. I'm just playing. I just think you realize what you got. I'm just like, trying is to get what I, is what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. think that. I got it great. What do you mean? 
Yeah, which is I'm agreeing. You are utilizing what you got. I I'm just I'm just stirring the pot. Yo, like I was like, you have a big <laughs> smirk on your face. I'm one <laughs> I'm one of the guys that doesn't believe in the theory of the October lull. Like, I don't believe in that whatsoever. What are we talking, but, we're talking about private land. We're talking about hunting private land. I know. Well, I'm coming right, full right, circle with right. a cap chill. <laughs> so then I heard through the working class bow hunter, Kurt puts a really good spin on it. Like the, the guy that just hunts the 12 acre, the, even the 40 acre, like he experiences an October lull. Cause when those acorns stop, start dropping, the foods shift and the change comes. Like if he doesn't have it, he's not seeing deer yeah. anymore. And again, that's kind of why I was like, Hmm, makes more sense. Just go to public land where's it, where there's everything. Yeah. And, and to your point, people don't want to hunt those small private spots because I have, I let them sit. Like there's a certain time that, I mean, I'm from the East coast. So I've, that's where I, I grew up hunting. Yeah. 50 why don't you tell us how you even ended up here? Okay. So long story short, uh, like back to the 120 days, <laughs> the 120 days were in Maryland. I graduated college and I moved out. I moved to Maryland, graduated college for what? Uh, forestry and wildlife biology. And I moved to Maryland. My best friend Cody and I had the same job. So we hunted every weekend. We worked four days a week. What are people saying, dude? No cap? Are they saying anything? Looks like it. That guy want a tech tip? Um, one guy said another thing is people on public land that try to push the deer away because they think that they own it. At least it happens around here more often than not. I, I mean, I can't believe they can even hear us. Levi Coley. Yeah, you can address. I it. don't know if I can really relate <clears throat> to that, man. You had I'm the beef Iowa. though in public, huh? You had that beef guy in Southern Iowa though, dude. There's beef everywhere. I was just gonna say, there's assholes everywhere. Like people call him out about where he hunts. It's like, okay, why would you even put that spotlight on where you live and stuff like that? Like, I'm he knows me. Ask him how long it took me to even tell him where I hunt. Yeah, <laughs> and I already knew. Like, Did you? Yeah. How? Cause, bro, like. It's not, we talk about it all the time. A secret spot's not freaking secret. Yeah, but how you, you just never ran into the person that thinks it's like also has it as a secret. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but you, you're telling me that where I hunted and you knew what parcel I was hunting. Yes. Why? Because I never, because like for a guy in Eastern Iowa, you go North, you go South. Like in my opinion, you hit this level of hunting and like, Guys that think like us do, you only end up on like the same size, same layouts of parcels, like so, every time. Yeah, not anymore though. Like I, no, for for at, instance, I postseason scouted a piece in Missouri. On my way back from picking up my buck in February, I was gonna go hunt it this year, but my buddy went there for the rut and said there was over a hundred people in camp. And freaking like seven to ten YouTube channels there. No way. And it's just like people just, I don't know. What, what state was that? Missouri. Damn. Cap was there too. He went. Nah, my Missouri spot's pretty pretty chill. But so so I, I graduated college. I moved to Maryland, and um, it was cool. I shot a lot of good deer. All most a lot of my good YouTube video, YouTube quality, or YouTube quality videos. Um, the good ones, the the better views and things like that are from Maryland, whether it's the sick of deer or the double. I shot two big bucks in one morning on a, in a backyard kind of thing. It was kind of a cool rut hunt. And then um, 
I got like my first like um, taste of like what OCD is like, like what that's like really like, like not just like people, oh, I'm OCD, I organize my room. Like it's like not like that. Um, it's kind of like people just use it as an adjective, um, but I didn't know how to handle. I didn't know what, what, like how to handle my thoughts or what I was feeling and shit like that. And so I, I basically quit my job and moved home because I didn't know what else to do and I had to move back in my mom. And then I worked at a grain mill, but uh, for about a year. And the whole time I just knew, I was like, man, I gotta like shake this shit, man. Like and I was still going hunting and things like that, but like it wasn't the same. Like it was just constant like fear, anxiety of whatever. And then, um, but I always dreamed of like living in Iowa. Like I had, like, I, like you posted about meditation and shit like that today. Like that's something like I used to do a lot more. I still do quite a bit. Um, and different things uh, to different levels of that and so I guess even though I was in this dark place I still could see myself getting out of it and and um, you know I knew what I wanted which was a smaller town feel but a lot of opportunity and like as the sign says fields of opportunities so I just kept applying to jobs in the Midwest and uh, landed a job in Iowa with the goal being kind of not necessarily public land because I, I have hunted public land across the country but like never was like really into it like I am now. Just kind of like, you know, although I am into the private land a little bit, but like keeping up with people, like I don't have, there's another thing, I don't have time to like visit with farmers all the time and, you know, keep those relationships going necessarily. Like I, I've got a lot going on now. And so it's nothing against that, but, so my goal is to like do more with less, to like prove that a guy from the East Coast can come out to Iowa and show people like that the people the celebrity hunters really aren't doing anything extraordinary given <clears throat> all of their resources like i said before life's all about resources right you can get whatever you want with however much money but somebody who has no money you know how far can they push it so i got a little spot outside town i shot a 163 inch uh 12 pointer um i hunted that deer for like probably 25 days i I shot him on Halloween. Oh, you had 25 sits on that deer? 20, 25, yeah. Okay. I had five in a row where I didn't even see a deer. Because what I figured out was that was the deer were in the, in the corn and laying in these grassy waterways. They mm -hmm. had to have been, or just in the corn. And they were coming into the timber. So this is a new thing. Where I, I see that a lot early season. Yeah, I had, I had my wind blowing right into the timber, which is like, what? Like, you never do that. They live in corn and then go to acorns. He came out of the corn and, and uh, I got him. So... Um, you know, once I moved here, I just, I knew that I wasn't going to have time to be depressed because I had to rely on myself and basically shocked my body and because I had to go to, I had to like survive essentially, right? Yeah. And so that's how I've, I've been to Iowa and I had a lot of different like aspirations. Like I, I think I help Connor out a lot with different things because I have been like doing this stuff for a long time, but like, it's interesting how you grow and change unnaturally like I don't you don't choose to be into hunting you don't choose to be into different things right like and so like I've evolved from like wanting to be in the hunting industry to different things and that I want out of life but still like kind of balance the two now so um the reason why I moved to Iowa and the reason why I love Iowa now and things like that why I love life now are completely two different things so it's very interesting but how did you and Connor <clears throat> meet well fa Facebook I don't know if I added him or he added me, but I tried to talk to him a couple of times, and I was like, this kid's a douchebag. And then come to find out, he thought I was a douchebag, so it makes Sorry. it. 
But then how did we actually talk? Yo, again? I get that a lot, actually. <laughs> well, of course, you don't even know my humor. Like, people on Insta- like Facebook, I made a post about, like, hunting in a high fence. And, like, I literally got messages with pricing. Yeah, I saw you post about that. They were like, I'll sell you an Axis hunt for 2100 <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I'm deleting this. Because people think, like, and, and, but... I don't know how we were, we'll have to go, I'll have to go back. It was back in September. I told him to come over or something. I don't know what, what was, I don't even know how. Yeah, I can't even really go back and put a finger on it to like it probably, what actually was the first time. It could have been around the time where. Uh, we followed each other for a while and then he was just, he's just so, he's funny and he just says some unorthodox shit. And that's probably what got me to contact him one of the first times. It's just because he's I was mad. he constantly had me cracking up. But I, I'll tell you right now, I was I was really excited that somebody at one town over finally was into like filming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then like I which is I, crazy because like you said from the jump, you're like, yo, dude, I know, I know like ten people doing what we're doing right now in in like the area, and like I feel like I don't know any. Like, There's, I said that. Yeah. He said he didn't feel like he knew any, right? You said you didn't feel like you knew. He said else. that. I'm I, I said that. You said you felt like you knew a handful of people that were like kind of, and I get it. But a lot of people film really months and it. stuff, but they're like not really doing it. the producing content and being relatable, like day in and day out, multiple times a day, is like is a different tier. That's the one thing I struggled in in Iowa. Is like I'm literally willing to like give somebody an op- like a sh- I was trying to like like. My boy Matt filmed for me a lot. And I think, like, people other like... Other than that, like, nobody ever wanted to film. Like, yeah. Hard. Co- Matt and this, my boy, this kid from Illinois, Cody, but, like, they live far away. Like, nobody close wanted to film. It's like, what do you mean you don't want to film? Like, we live right in Iowa. Like, this is the place to do it if you're going to do it. But it's hard to, like, really conceptualize if you think about it because, number one, like, the person that's... Everybody wants to shoot. It's just like in life. Like, everyone wants a trophy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a camera person, like you feel undermined or you feel like you're like not going to get the stardom or something or mm-hmm. you're giving up your time and things mm-hmm. like that but like when I filmed my boy Cody Hustletine in uh, in Maryland like it was never like that it was always like about us like killing the deer and we'll get another one after you know mm-hmm. and I never felt like oh I was a cameraman like when I when I filmed the TV show one time I felt like oh I was a dumb cameraman but in a way, because I didn't really have a say in things like where we hunted, when we hunted, how long we hunted. I was just getting paid to be the cameraman, which was a good experience too, but it's just different. So, I just think there's an attraction like, there's a lot of people that go out and film and put out hunts, and they're actually like <clears throat> kill hunts with kill shots and stuff, but they, they're, they're absent everywhere in between. Yeah. And like, I feel like there's a lot more traction these days with. And I wasn't in it in, 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 in the beginning. You guys like, are different. I feel like there's a lot of traction in, like, the day-to-day, just, like, live yeah. feed of, like, what's going on in yeah. your life and what you're doing. Yeah. Compared to, like, what it used to be. Well, yeah, people yeah. want to know how you got there in the first place and, like, what the mistakes were and what you learned along, I think, along yeah. the way. Like, growing up and watching hunting shows, it's the same thing every time. They're in their stand, they're whispering, like... It's been about 10 minutes, and here he comes, and they make the shot, and the show's over. And there's not much else to it besides that. I think if you're you're trying to sell hunts, like, all the kills and stuff, that's all important, like, in everything in between and whatnot. But if, like, you know, you're just trying to, like, provide some advocacy for public lands or promote conservation or, you know, maybe save yourself 
a little bit of money here and there by providing content to like some of these brands that are out there like it's worth it to just produce and like we're all creators in my opinion like every single person in this world's like an artist in some way mm -hmm. they just haven't found their craft and haven't tapped into it and it's just super cool when you do like my filming goes back to my skateboarding days but i'm obviously not like not sitting here riding a skateboard to this podcast interview yeah like it was both hunting that brought me here so yeah i think uh it's different everybody's different i don't know like i i feel like it does work for some people. I don't know. I, I don't have it in me to edit. Like like this year, I didn't see very many deer. So I mean, when, what do I have to go off of? Like I don't even have like. I mean, if I if I got young. That's so up, relatable though. I tell him that all the time. It's like you know, like it's Iowa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but sure, like, yeah. He's right. I mean, like you. It, it, I don't know. Some guy could have been in there on took a Friday off. Went in there on a Friday on a way you didn't know how he got in there and you haven't been there yet, and then you go in there to hunt Saturday and Sunday and everybody already blew up the bedding area and they're, they're not there, so. I only saw one shooter the whole year. <laughs> I'm waiting I for only, him to I, say he's lying. I'm not lying. I only had like deer in bow range. What's a shooter to you though? 150. Yeah, so. One, if it's an eight pointer though, I would shoot a one, I would shoot a big heavy eight pointer. Like a 130 say? No, 140s. 140s. Yeah. Jesus. But like team one, 120. I know, so I'm not even on the I'm not even on my own team. But I do support it. <laughs> Number but, one supporter, but But you know what I'm saying? Like Don't draft me. So what did I have to go off of? But I didn't even I didn't even see small bucks. Like I I'm not used to that. I'm not used to Yo, that's that's there. a weird feeling too. Like when I went to bed hunting and like going in and targeting beds and like to hunt whatever deer should be laying there you don't see deer like you you either go in there and you see a couple deer and you see the deer you think you should see or you don't see any deer and it's weird because and you put yourself in those areas instead of just like sitting near food and stuff like that it's it's a weird empty feeling and it's like it's really leery and like alone at times because like you could go sit a hard transition leading to food and you could see a ton of deer but on public in some spots you 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 probably won't see the deer even in iowa that you want to in that transition unless yeah. it's like a certain time of year and so you and i are talking about like hunting and stuff like like deer hunting and stuff but like as someone like you what are you th like what are you thinking like what like we're, like if you're talking like people listen to this podcast that aren't even like maybe not even hunters yet like what do you what is your like struggle like what's your like weakness <clears throat> my weakness with with this with bow hunting well like do you I'm, did you not have enough time to hunt did do you not know how to play the wind do you not know how to set a tree stand because a lot of people like no offense like they may pick the right tree but they don't know like where to even like which direction to face the stand like i see a lot of stands like on private you know if i'm like people gun hunt it's like the stand's literally, like, the field edge, and the stand's, like, right here. And it's, like, they're just facing the field. It's, like, so a deer, a mature deer, doe or buck's going to come on and be, like, oh, there he is. But, like, if you turn the stand parallel to the field, now you have, oh, here comes a deer. I have the tree to my back. The mm -hmm. deer's coming. I draw back and shoot or sh pull up sure. and shoot. So it's, like, yeah. so what's your, like? I feel like, for me, is I've been doing this since I was five years old. I've been hunting everything since I was little. And I've been exposed to a lot mm -hmm. and I have had a lot of years where I hunt pretty hard whatever it is so I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable in a lot of areas but 
and I don't know if it's like just how I was raised, but I, I hunt with my family primarily. So it's like, that was, those are my people that I go with. I never went out hunting by myself and I just did what they did. I did what my dad did. Right. So, mm -hmm. and he's pretty protective. So the idea of me hunting by myself or doing something without him, like putting up my stand, even just putting up a stand by myself, like that wasn't a thing. And it's not because I didn't want to, it's just, it's a family thing that we do together. So there's just some things and like skills that I just, I wasn't taught and I just don't know. Cause I don't know. Or I just don't, it just wasn't a thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's like not even considered either until you like go and try and do it. And it's like, Oh crap. I can remember the first times like trying to hang a stand on my own, like in the dark in the morning on a piece of oh, public yeah. land. And it's just like, well, and also I really care are. about like, I think like guys like you who, you you grew up doing it and you and and you were just like kicking ass but only have done it for a few years but my thing is is like it's really important to me to expose people to hunting and like the value it brings and like from a from a conservation perspective but also for for you as like a person like it has a deeper meaning to most people than just shooting something right yeah. so i really care about there not being so many barriers to entry. Because I think yeah. hunting has this perception of when you talk about private property, you talk about the equipment, you talk about what you need to know and the education and to get it done, yeah. it's intimidating. That's how I met Connor was here, was for a class, like a mentoring, like a mentor hunt class. And that came up a lot for a lot of people. That they just cool. think, they're like, well, I have a car. Where am I gonna put that deer when I kill it? They just, they just don't yeah. know what they don't know. In that damn trunk. I know so many, I know other people have done this, but I had this whole PowerPoint. I was like, it was like, I, I still three years later haven't found anywhere to actually implement it. It could be here, it could be somewhere else, but like uh, basically how to get into hunting PowerPoint. Like used bow, new bow. Like buying a used bow, what to look for, buying a new bow, everything. Mm-hmm. Yo, send why have you me. never told Will me you this? Send it to me. It's not completed, but like, Can you send oh, it to me anyway, and I'll help you complete it. I feel like the three of us could like make that thing come to like fruition. Let's do it. Especially with like. Heard it here first, folks. No cap, dude. And like stuff I like to talk about is like as a woman, because too, I there's agree, this perception that there, there's things that are gonna be harder. Like for example, just like I carry my own stand. Mm -hmm. If I'm out in the woods and I'm like cleaning my own deer and I'm gonna drag that out, yeah. like. Can I do that? Like, man or woman. But there's just, there's some mm -hmm. things, like, I work with a lot of But it doesn't have hunters. to be a deer, though. It doesn't have to be a deer. No, it, it could be. be it could be birds, you know, like six, half a dozen decoys in a swamp or something, you know, and waders. But it, they all come with their own dangers, too. Uh, not dangers, but cautions, you know, in a swamp. Too. And price tags, yeah. And, mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, bow hunting is unique because it's like, if you want to go bow hunting and you want to shoot stuff, you probably should just go pheasant hunting or crow hunting or something because like it's not like that if you want to shoot a deer though you can be pretty successful so what do you think it takes to be a bow hunter me mm -hmm. both of you you can go first there's never there's not one big thing it's so many small things that have to be hopefully learned over time i know people who have way more experience like a full-blown like been hunting for 30 years at do never conceptualize like, oh, this deer blew at me. Why did it blow at me? I spooked this deer. Why did this happen? I didn't get drawn back on this deer. Or even even things that you wouldn't even make, don't even make sense, like deer walking by out of bow range and you just sitting there day after day hoping that they come by one day instead of just moving your stand 30 yards, you know? Yeah. 
So it's like a lot of little things all the way down to like where you put your bow hanger. Like I taught him, he's like, holy, you know, this is a whole new level. Like we use these climbing sticks and there's, and this, this, the, the steps go one way, then the opposite way, then the other way. And I thought of one day, how can I get my, like, how do I know which way this to, to step into the stand? Cause like I'd get up there and I'd be, the stand would be on my right side, but I'd be on my right foot at the top. So I was like, okay, let me figure this out. If the top steps facing to the left, means that the bottom the bottom if you have four sticks the bottom stick needs to be facing to the right or whatever so like just those little tiny efficiencies and those are things that i don't know if people can really know until they do it for themselves either but learning how to play the wind yo i'll say that's really the biggest thing i didn't even consider myself a bow hunter until this year so I think like the bow hunter word itself puts like a barrier to entry sure. there yeah. because like to That's be right. honest, your first like two years you're not even you're not a bow hunter. Even if someone you're does tripping it for around you, the woods, not, yeah. yeah, you're tripping around the woods with a bow in your hand and you have a tag and you have a license and hopefully a hopefully freaking habitat stamp too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. So, like, I think people just, like, need to freaking quit worrying about it. Do you know that? Story? And just, yeah, like, just just go. Like, yeah. freaking make sure you have what's legal to get out there. And, like, who cares, like, if you don't even take a bow with you. Just go sit in the woods. Like, go yeah. try and think. Go sit where you think deer might come out. But, like, what I didn't do starting out was, like, consider the things that happen and, like, ask why they happen. And, like, I think if I did that, like, my learning curve would have been even shorter. Yeah, that's what I'm going through right now because, like, if my dad told me to do something, he didn't really explain it or I didn't ask mm-hmm. questions. I just believed what he, you know, mm-hmm. and it would work at times. So now that I am on my own and I'm teaching other people yeah. things related to archery specifically... I want to be a better bow hunter because I, I want to be able to have that deeper conversation with people and help them get to that next level. But I have to get there too. Yeah. The big, the biggest thing is how can it, a deer, any deer, because eventually if you sit in one spot long enough, like for my case, a mature buck will walk by. Mm-hmm. How can deer walk by your tree stand in bow range and go past you and not wind you? That's like literally like the basis of what you're trying to accomplish. The other thing is, how can I get out of the tree stand or into the tree stand secondary to that without spooking any deer? Now, we have a joke about spooking two does. Like, if you don't, if you don't spook, spook two does every hunt, like, you know, what You're are you not doing? not doing it right. Because it's like, you always got, we get these plans, as like we said earlier, like public land hunter going into the timber. It's, a, it's so true, though. Like, and it's like, if you don't bump go. two does, like, yeah. you might as well go home because, like, you probably didn't set up in the right spot. Like, that's just honest. But, and like, I learned the fastest when I would, like, bump deer. And then, like, stop myself and, like, reverse play, like, what I saw in my head leading up to that p- point. And be like, okay, that's how printed that track was, whether it was, like, a little bit of moisture, a lot of bit of moisture, or, like, dry. It's like I learned very quick the indications of, like, how close I was. And I think it, it's really fun when you learn that you're in that bubble and you need to set up now and you don't need to go anywhere further. And then yeah. you watch it work. Yeah. Because sometimes if you do bump a deer or two like that, and you wrong keep with going it. into it. Yeah, like especially like a CRP type situation. 
where like they run into the CRP, nobody knows what happens, and you set up like you're usually in. The yeah, because in like a lot of time, if you're in like a place with a resident deer population, those first two deer are gonna be like probably the last two deer that went back to bed, and like you're not even near like the bedding area technically. They just laid down because they wanted to, or they were full, and they they were they were still gonna get up probably not long after sunrise and head back to like the actual yeah. bedding area. You probably should be hunting deer out of anyways. And then and then. Um, the other thing is like learning to play the wind too like how, how i mean i guess we're all about bucks right even does i guess but like how bucks walk with the wind i'm targeting meat does next year <laughs> freezer queens only dude <laughs> where they bedded you've ever targeted does yeah probably i've done it all like hillister i've done it all sorry what were you saying nothing just like, like I said, learning how deer walk through the woods, how they use winds to their advantage. Yeah, or, like yeah. learning to give a deer a wind. That's kind of yeah, And set up is like, what? it's really learned to weird, but like almost every time I hop on stand, I'm super uncomfortable. I don't like, think I push it that hard. I, I'm, I, I push it too hard, I would say. Like, yeah, like every like, time like, I'm in, I'm, I'm freaking. Like, yeah, like a. Like if this was a if this was a lane, yo, holy shit, did I fuck it up? Well, well it makes like thing, it makes like a lot of noise. It's the thing picking up all I'm the audio. <laughs> no, like if this was a saddle, like how they would would they come this way or would they come this way, and how would you hunt like that? You know, that's kind of like the big, the big. I don't know. I don't know. Dude. I'm done. It's different, dude. <laughs> so I'm super aggressive, and I always cross that line. I would say. To where I get on stand, I, I I ask myself a lot if I should get down and move, <laughs> because I think I'm like blowing out the bedding every time I get on stand. Especially super light variable wind days, I those are still the tricky ones for me to learn because we've talked about that. Yeah, that that can really hurt you. But like on a on a steady wind, when I have a seven to eleven mile per hour wind, like I am hunting, like I'm giving almost the deer all of the wind probably mm-hmm. because honestly i'm debating on hunting variable winds next year yo i was taught i was i've been thinking about that a lot and it's like variable winds just have a completely different hunt to them as far as everything like access is different access times different like you have to be in there so much earlier because of the light wind and your approach and it's probably dry so like you're gonna make a lot more noise and you need that deer to be like locked in its bed not because like yes bump bump a couple does or you're not doing it right but you can't bump every deer out of there so variable winds then too like thermals like sitting low in the evenings is like i've i've taken a kind of a different approach even the late season already it's like ah, i've probably not been like my last buck i just shot was taught me a lot about that and how low he came compared to where I predicted him to come up and through and stuff and well the other thing I learned too is um like where I hunted for a gun like you would think they would travel the bottom dude right big mm-hmm. wide bottom like oh this would be cool like it's like a road but it's like I saw more deer crossing so it's like it was like and they were following the ridges and they were going down back up ridges I was like man that's crazy because like I would have thought like these deer are going to be walking up and down this bottom and i'm sure during the rut it might be different but like to kind of hunt the different terrain of iowa northern iowa like everybody thinks it's flat like if you think it's flat let's go to clayton county let's go to let's go to fayette county and run 
run around up there and see how flat it is. Even southern Iowa is not flat. No, it's not like up in northeast Iowa, but it's it's but. hilly enough. There's some crevices and rock banks down in there and stuff, though, that will surprise you. You know, you go to take a creek bank entrance into a place and it's just cut out and dug out. And That's like, how it was up north where I went. Yeah. It was like those are bluff. Those are even higher, though. When, like these smaller ones, you just drop into a creek and you'll be like, oh, I take 50 steps onto the top. Better, dude. I'm out. I'm top of, top of the bluff and I'm, I'm hunting and you're not. So we're getting down to the wire here in Iowa. Kind we didn't of. Even do like an introduction for you. What are you talking about? We didn't even talk about like. Are we done? No, we don't have to be. We're about an hour in, but we've got probably about 25 minutes in there. That I could probably edit it out. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I thought it was all real good. <laughs> it was good. It's natural. I had, a rec- I had a recording for a while, so. First 10 minutes or so. What do you Tim, want to talk or Tim about? Tim didn't know what was going on. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't know what's going on a lot. <laughs> or right now. Now what? He's probably in the octagon with himself was right you, now. Was you, oh, want me to? I kind of am. How'd you know? <laughs> I could see you thinking in your head. Um, it's like a, I don't understand how. Because you blanked out already. You're already like programmed out. My girlfriend can tell too. Yeah, we, like, talked, about this, we talked about this at Pine What's Night. wrong? Uh, you're, like, you're like, do you think she can tell right now? We're like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're a little more obvious than I think. You think what you is are. it? It's like lack of a poker face, or just like you have a constant smirk, but it like fluctuates based on I think. Like no, you just change demeanor completely. Like you're so you're plugged in, and then you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right though. I'm You've back. Been told I'm this back before, now. Right. What? You've been told this before. Right? I'm back now. Yeah, he's okay. back. He's back now. I programmed. I, I literally <laughs> left. Plugged him back in. I left the conversation. Where where did we leave off? Do you um, remember? Actually, you were talking about me. <laughs> I uh, was, yeah. And how I didn't know what was going on. Because yeah. I didn't. Yeah. But, but now I was going to ask you, are you like, are you set, like, how do you feel this went? Did you want it more structured? What are, you, what are your thoughts? I, Let's hear some feedback from the host. Let's just talk about the podcast overall. Like, all of them. How do you think it's gone? Podcast. Not just this one specifically. <laughs> um. Well, if I was, like, nitpicking it, I would say I have a lot of improvements. But overall, like, my guests have been amazing. And I think the content, what we've talked about, has been impactful. And it's been really well received. And every single person that I've interviewed, I stay in contact with. We we talk about, like, other collaborations. Like, we've become yeah. friends. Like, going hunting together, doing other stuff together. So... I mean, I'm only eight episodes deep, so if it keeps, I don't know. I think a couple years of having this podcast, I'm going to have a pretty full life, like a pretty fulfilled life. That's how I feel about it. You're finding it super rewarding. I do find it really rewarding. You got a charger? For me, Cap. <laughs> so that's the other thing is, um, is not having expectations but having goals. High hopes, low expectations. Because, like... I know a lot. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and there's a easy. It's easy to get like distracted, but like so it's like to try to keep it as like. Yo, my guy over here is punching axes. Not to get distracted. I'm done. <laughs> Continue. You're both ridiculous. I was on a roll. Continue. Right? No, you weren't. 
I was gonna pick it right back up. Not nah, so like to like to like not get like discouraged on like what you're doing based off of like the views or their listens and shit like that. Because like if that's what you're doing it for, then you're gonna be always yeah. in and out of it. Well, then I feel pretty good because be, like, that's upset. definitely not what I'm doing it for. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about that. It's really I think I think that I'm pretty good at figuring out <clears throat> in general. I think everybody has a story that they need to share. Mm-hmm. I think everybody does. Like he's talking about everybody being a creative. I think that everybody, I think that's true. And I think that everybody brings something to this world and they need to talk about it and people need to hear from it, yeah. hear about it. As far as it relates to the outdoors, I think there's a lot of people out there that can make a difference for someone who wants to get started yeah. or just like doesn't have a community or I don't know. like. I just want to connect people yeah. and and tell people stories, and that's important to me. That's why, like, I don't have a problem, like, telling him stuff or, like, if somebody wants to go to the gym, which has happened, like, they want to get into the gym, like, I have no problem, like, all right, let's go. Like, you know, like, get a gym membership. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, hold your hand, but, like, if you want to go learn how to go to the gym and do that mm-hmm. physical activity, the technique and different methods behind it, we can go do that. It's like... It doesn't matter. I'll make. I would make time or adjust my schedule for that. It's like, but I also think it's like kind of crazy. Uh, like how many people like just don't spend any time outside. Like yeah. anything. Like I'm talking. Like hunting's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother beast. But just it, they just they just they just don't. Yeah. And that like seems like really wrong to me. Like as human beings, like we're animals. Like we're supposed to be outside. We're yeah. supposed to have a connection to the outdoor world. And I just think that I think that's really lacking. And I think that social media and, like, different platforms can actually help it, not hurt yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Now what? I'm out. God, like... He's dipping? Why does he keep, do some, have, why does like, he keep do saying you have that? A, do you have, like, a limit, like, a threshold that you have no, to, like, I just replenish real fast? No, or? No, okay. Maybe we can talk about me now? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I don't want to talk about anything. I if thought she might ask. I thought she might ask me some things, but I thought we were going to. Well, do I that. thought he was going to ask you questions with me. I thought this was like co-hosting no, you. No, I, I, I totally felt that we. I was co-hosting you. Talk to him, and that's the script I went with. None this all needs to be in there because like, apparently we need to do this again. <laughs> Can we do this again? Can I hold you guys to that? Like again, again, or like we have to start over? Like another day, like yeah. another episode. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably. If you knew me, like, yeah. Are you are you gonna kill late season? Make a prediction right now. A buck. Yeah, or a, a one twenty. Not shooting a one twenty. No cap. No. I don't have any. I don't have a beeline on anything. I don't have a cons. I don't even have an idea. Why you gotta have a beeline? A beeline? Yeah. Why you gotta have one? I don't even have an idea where to start. Cause like. I've been through a lot of late seasons. He's like, oh, find the food. It's like, okay, I've found the food a million times and still haven't seen a buck. One time in my life I was, I've seen, I saw like 30 deer twice. Yo, I admit it, I don't know what I'm talking about. Late season's like a beast. Dude. Again, social media, people think it's like, oh, find the food. There's a lot that factors in. Like there's bedding cover, cover, thermal cover, and simply just pressure, which is why you see a lot of celebrity hunters killing late season they've got standing food huge food plots box blinds with heaters and or they go to places like texas where their game numbers are very high and the bag limits are very you know big 
That's what we should do right now. I know. So what are your goals for 2020, hunting-related? You know, anything, all your goals. You can share all your goals if you want. Um, Find a new job, period. Save more money. Uh, Continue my relationship. Build my relationship with my girlfriend to a deeper level. Um, hunting, hunting's kind of like still a huge part. It always will be, but it's not like. I think I think I need to like shoot another buck, and kind of that would revive me because I didn't shoot one last year. It was just another long season. I had some mishaps, and then so if I, if I shoot another nice buck on film, um, that'd probably re- revive my spirits of, of filming and things like. That. I still do it, but it's not to like the enthusiasm that used to be like. I'll be period like be honest about it. Yeah, I find that interesting because I I've even hit this point now where like I think it'd be awesome to kill like the next level deer or a bigger deer or stuff like that, but I know like there's other stuff that if I put my heart into like I did bow hunting for so long. Yeah, it's kind like of like I'd be really good at and those things aren't freaking bow hunting things. And that's just That's kind of where I'm at because like it's like budgeting money freaking yeah. Like, just being a better person overall. Like, yeah. being nice to people, asking That's what I'm people how their day's going. Yeah. Relationship-wise, patience, like, all that stuff. And but bow hunting, like, helped teach me a lot of it. But, like, now it, it's yeah. also taught me to be in, like, touch with my thoughts. So, like, now I'm yeah. going the other way with it, kind of, before I go over the so edge. I think we have a lot. I think Connor and I have a lot to offer each other with this stuff because, like, he's like I was like even three years. Like, he if he met me three years ago, like this would it would be nuts. I mean, we probably living in a camper or somewhere. Be one twenties laying everywhere. So, <laughs> so now it's like we can kind of balance. He can kind of balance out my like, especially now I have this like antisocial behavior where it's like a big deal when I leave the house and go do something like this. It's not really a big deal, but it's like I'm just used to like being alone by myself. Which is weird because, like, you, you probably see me as a super social person, but, like, when I go places, I'll go sit at a bar by like, alone and, like, not talk to people and, like, and maybe that's me being rude and a dickhead and stuff like that, and I need to, like, get rid of that antisocial bug, too, but. Yeah, everyone kind of thinks you're a dick when they first meet you, don't they? Tim? Yeah, he no, is. You, oh, no, you. Oh, <laughs> that was directed at me. That wow. That was definitely directed for you. Um... <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and say I don't put off that demeanor. Yeah, they call me Mr. Serious at work, all kinds of things. Like, I am, though. Like, I take my job serious. I, I have to know you to, like, to like seriously, like... I think my heart just and my passions burn so hard for some things that, like, you don't see emotion, like... Nah. Like, when I'm just doing the general day-to-day usually, stuff. And I'm usually busy being worried about something. <laughs> I'm just playing. I think, I'm always I think thinking a, about something. I'm I think a lot of people, too, take honesty... As, like, someone being a dick or an asshole these days. And it's like, no, dude, like, I'm trying to help you. Like, I just may be, like, a little different than some of the friends you had in your past. And you're, you're like, a little thrown off by, like, me giving you the answer you've wanted your whole life, probably. And never gotten from anyone that actually didn't want you to be where they believe you to be. And you honestly believe you to be, too. You just haven't. You'd be, yeah, you'd be surprised. It's yeah. crazy. I heard someone say once, like, you can't soar with eagles if you run with turkeys. And, like, I, like, turkeys taste like kind of isolated myself. If you cook them wrong, you yeah. Say? If you cook them wrong, you, bro, you better slow your roll. You don't know who you're talking to. I'm just playing. All right, podcast. Are we going to <laughs> All right. Done. Are all three of us going turkey on this year, though? Yeah. Without yo, bowls. yo, Without yo, bowls. yo. 
We can go with our bows. Hold on. Do, hold on. Hold on. Shh. Do your call. Which one? The... That one? That's good. No, Putt and Burt. Mouth call, yo. Weren't you? You she, Yeah. So I'm she, right now. she used to she used to Snapchat and put on her stories that she was trying to practice mouth calling, like without a and then dude we're we're coming back from a hunt the other day and he's just like, Oh, you fuck with turkey's cap and he goes Burp, and then purrs and I'm like, What in the freaking championship turkey caller over here? No. I like calling at him. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like I talking? know like, yeah, I'm not calling. Deters them from actually coming in, but that's it, like I like to hear myself talk. It's like, because <laughs> it's not even. Like, that's so honest, dude. How many? How much? Is that you why know, you shut down? That's all turkey hunters. Is that why you shut down? Like where you're out all the time is because you're not talking. Are you a good listener? Oh, no. Turkey talk, dude. Turkey talk. No, you just said you like no, to hear yourself sh- talk, but you keep yes, reading sh- in and out calling, of the conversation. Calling, I know we're calling. referring to real life now. Yeah, like real life. Are you not a very good listener? Oh is, my god! Is it is it because someone's not talking back to you in the right turn, tone? So you I said, like to hear myself talk in the sense of talking turkeys to turkeys. Right. Like I like to hear myself call and then they answer. Oh, I see. But Sorry. Clearly, you have some other agenda. <laughs> oh, like, you misunderstood that. I thought. You, no, let's let's go there. What are we talking? I thought you were stepping in the octagon. If I like to hear myself talk, I'd have way more videos and shit on Facebook and I'm YouTube. I'm just teasing you because. Of Whoa, the what's life. that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> like. Some I've got almost like 70 videos talk. on YouTube. No, like Nothing just literally you talking me. about like. The worst part of this for me was hearing my own voice, and I've gotten totally over that. I Dude, that was but I don't too like I hearing filming. myself talk. It's just I've gotten over the sound. I honestly don't even believe I sound like <laughs> I sound when I listen to myself talk. You sound like, like this. No in way. Real life, what do you no What way. do you sound like when you listen to yourself? I'm curious. Just like. Just like. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Really? Pretty hey bad. Guys, yeah. Like every time I'm like that. That's literally what he thinks like he sounds like. So when so he deepens his voice. I don't even know it's the same. Do you tell him that that's what he sounds like? like, All right, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous, man. Are we going to get food? Yeah. (laughs) That was like really hard to twist everyone's arm to do that. Yeah. 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 Basically. I can't really. That's what this comes down to. I thought we were gonna talk about me. All right, yeah, I forgot. Well, I thought we were no. talking about you, but, like, no, we might okay. have to do this another time. Oh, his story. Cap's well, got yeah, it's going to take all of an hour to know his story. Cap's got us distracted. Let's go get food. No, let's do I it. need a beer. <laughs> That's why I thought I was sitting this one out. I think all of this needs to be in there, too. Yeah, I think we need to I don't to even know if this thing needs like to be this. even edited. These guys are absolutely ridiculous. But I actually think they're exactly what this industry needs. They're both incredibly honest and huge advocates for their cause. They both actually have new pages that I really encourage everybody to check out. Tim created a new page on Instagram called Team 120 TV. That's team spelt out the number 120 TV. And Connor started a new page as well, Public Land Salvage. It's about restoring public land and the junk that he finds on it. Make sure you check both of these guys out, and we'll be back, all three of us, to actually get that interview for Connor. Until next time, thanks for listening.